0: Modded aroma, large but well lubricated, can't complain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So how has everyone else's week been?
1: I mean, I've played a lot of open-worldy big video games. My brain is melting. I've spent less time in the real world than the virtual ones. Is this what the metaverse is? I played
0: video games too long. Is that is that the metaverse now? Do you feel like you completely wasted your fucking time and money? No, it's probably not the metaverse. No, it's not the metaverse. No, no, it's not the metaverse. Then. Not the metaverse. <laughs> no, no. Um, I just got done pooing and weeing at the same time. Round of applause
2: for me. Those are two that activities did. that can go hand in hand, right? Now, do you actually wee and poo simultaneously, or is it one of those, like, you start to wee, then you poo, then you finish the wee, do you one, then the other? Like, you say at the same time, but is it actually simultaneous? Because that's muscle control. Now we're in the realm of a very interesting discussion. Um,
0: Now, I've always said just pooing and weeing at the same time, because I think it's a funny phrase. I first had it on an episode of The League of Gentlemen. And when I need to do a wee and a poo, I will say I need to go and poo and wee at the same time. However, I've never actually sat there thinking, is poo and wee coming out of me at the same time? It's the same visit. Right. It's part of the same procedure. But I mean, I, I think traditionally, if you're pooing a bit of wee, inevitably always just like usually comes out a bit. Right? Right, but I feel like yeah. it stops the wee so that the poop can commence. You wouldn't, like, have wee and poo come out at once. You'd have the poo, and then, like, wee for a chaser.
1: So some, Sometimes when I'm asked what this podcast is, I'm a fool, <laughs> and I describe it as a video game podcast. For a rare occasions, I'm to go, oh yeah, I've heard you do a thing called position. what's that? I'll be like, oh yes, a video game podcast. <laughs> See look, if you want to make this video games you make an indie game about
0: this called pooing and Weeing at the same time simulator and then it's video games. Right. I'm shocked oh. no one has done pooing and Weeing at the same time simulator before. <laughs> um let's tell you what though, right? Yeah, what? You know video games? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to you, you want to talk about? Them?
2: Sure, we could do that, yeah, I guess. Could, yes. Why yeah. not? Yeah. we
0: could do that. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, well, why not? Knock yourselves out. Let's fill our fucking boots, not with poo and wee, but with great video game chat.
1: So I've been playing a bunch of Horizon Forbidden West.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 70 fucking quid in the UK. Are you shitting on my tits? Sorry, it's all I can think about with that game. I've been looking forward to it a
2: lot, but it's 70 bucks in the US, right? It's 70 quid here. I'm pretty sure $70 is the going rate for someone to shit on your tits, though. (laughs) No, not on my tits. I'm a girl of class. I'd charge a lot more if someone
0: wanted to have a go on these busters. Oh, no, I was assuming you were paying them. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless it was Jonathan's tits, in which case no amount of money is too much money. I'm eating fried rice, I mean. While I eat fried rice, I'm thinking about shitting on one of my best <laughs> friend's tits.
1: Yeah, I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West, and <laughs> I have been like really racking my brain about how I want to talk about this game, because I feel like the, the place to start with this is, if you played the first Horizon Forbidden West, and you had a strong opinion about it one way or the other, you are fundamentally going to feel the same way about its sequel, I think. I like the first one. I think you will like the second. I don't know if I 70 fucking quid liked it. Well, I know, I know. But I liked it. It is fundamentally more of the same. For better and or worse, it is structurally more of the same, with a new story going on and new new big robot to shoot, new reason you're going to shoot the big robot, and new thing to shoot the big robot with.
0: It all sounds good.
1: There's a lot of little minute changes, and I want to talk about a lot of the stuff it does, and I'm trying to be careful because this will go up. The game will be out, but people won't have really had time to play it by the time this goes up. So, narratively, I think that this does a good job of following on from the plot of the first game in a way that justifies a sequel, even if its intro is a little bit, aha, you didn't know about this, off you go. But, like, the, the overall plot feels well justified. I think that they have done a very good job of making a story that feels very, very modern. I think I can say this much. You're very early going to realise that capitalism... Jeff Bezos bad is villain a little bit. Something, something, capitalism bad. Something, something, capitalism bad. Jeff Bezos, space rocket, maybe, question
0: mark? And I like what they do with that. Jeff Bezos, when you think about it, is actually, like, The real planet Earth's end boss. Yeah. Like if someone if someone on this planet was an actual end boss, it's Jeff Bezos. I'm I'm gonna say this, like look, this is going up at the point where the game will be out and like will have been
1: out for a few hours in Australia, so I'm allowed to talk about it at this point. It is a game about the evil of capitalists who tried to abandon Earth because it was fucked up and then went, wait, it didn't fuck up? Cool, we can come back and do some capitalism there. And you gotta go stop them. And I like that as a setup. The game has some places where I I want to read other people's critique of it. The title Forbidden West is about going out to the sort of western area of the continent you're on, and it really feels like it falls into some traps of using African tribalism as an aesthetic. Zinks, and at times pairing it with. Oh yes, them—the brutal, murderous, savage ones over there. It feels weird in some places, and I am not the person to give a nuanced read on that, other than like my my take as a white person is: I was playing certain parts of the intro with this game, going, "Yeah, I need to read. I need to read someone else's thoughts on this before I talk about it properly, because mm, I'm not sure." Like there are certain things, like. Tribal paint being something you can unlock with crafting materials to aesthetically adorn your white character with that feel... Oops. That feel a bit weird. But I'm going to put that aside. I have been having a good time with this game mechanically. It makes some changes that I feel like it has made because it felt like it needed to make changes for a sequel, and they're not necessarily bad, but they don't feel like they were put there because they're necessarily a great fit for the game, but because they're a new thing they can do in the sequel. There's some parts of it that go a little bit more Mass Effect-ish in that you've got a home base you're returning to between missions with conversation, like catching up with your base of characters and maybe you're going off in little squads to do things and it feels like it's doing the thing that the original Horizon did very well which was pulling from a lot of different sources to make a very polished pastiche. But some of the things that are being pulled into this, they're not bad. They just don't feel like necessary additions to the formula. right? And, like, I wouldn't have a problem with that if not for the fact that there are more glaring problems that have not been fixed. That, like, the game would be, I think, a better game if it had worked on fixing what was broken rather than taking more things that other games do and having them too. Like, certain examples... If I set an active mission and like, hey, this is where I'm going and the map shows a little line of where I'm going and I get on a rideable creature, there is an option in the settings to be like, make that creature just follow the path. You would think if a branch in the path came up, it would follow the branch that takes you along that line on the map toward the active quest that you've marked you're going to. Makes sense. No, about 90% of the time it goes the opposite direction for no reason and i can't work out why oh, okay. it seems to actively be afraid of following the line towards the mission like suspiciously it won't go on that line and that's weird huh. and like there's a lot of like there's a lot about this game that feels like it's putting features in to tick boxes, not necessarily to do it for the right the right ways.
0: Oh, yeah, I know the exact kind of fucking game where it's like, we have to have this because it's in other games and that's just what games do.
1: And I'm going to talk about this in terms of accessibility support because it's where I've been spending a lot of time with this. It is a more accessible game than the original game, but it falls short of what most Sony first-party studios are doing at the moment. There is a waypoint pathfinding system that will show you not just as the crow flies where your objective is, but like okay, go here, then here, then here, and it, like, really lead you down the path. It turns that off at key moments. Uh, particularly, there's dungeons. There's there's addition of some, like, little puzzle dungeon environments now. The place where you would most need some help pathfinding as an accessibility support option, they turn it off because, well, it's a puzzle, we don't want to give you the answer. But, well, why'd you put it in the bloody accessibility menu if you're not going to let people use it when they need it? There's a lot of things like that that are there because they feel like they should have them, but they haven't necessarily understood why. Games have them. Right. I know I sound like I'm being very nitpicky and very negative here. I want to be clear that I overall have been having a really good time with it. I think it is a very polished game. It is not in any way worse than the first. It is a better game than the first, but it has it has a lot more visible examples this time of, oh, you took this because other games do it, not because you had an idea for why it would be good for your game. Right, yeah. That hasn't stopped me having fun with it, but through a critical lens, it's been this weird pervading feeling of, do you know why the first game was great? And do you know what worked about it? Because, like, mechanically, it's still very fun to play. It is still, like, it is a gorgeous, well, like, huge, big open world I have been enjoying a lot of the side quest content, I like the general narrative structure, and I care about the core mission of what I'm trying to do, it does a much better job than the first game of setting up what you're trying to do and why early on. Also I'm a bit annoyed with Aloy as a character. She spends the first gosh knows how many hours of this game actively refusing every single person who she trusts and knows how to help and is capable from letting them help in an end-of-the-world scenario.
0: No, you can't help. I must do it alone. I must do it alone. Oh, I hate that fucking shit. The one, like, when the hero's just, oh, I've got to do this on my own. This is between me and whoever. Like, when it's like, no, like, just... just...
1: Yeah, It, it gets past that, but it sticks with that way longer than it should, and it's a bit annoying, and you've got to kind of get past that. Yeah. And, like, I know I've been mainly talking about complaints, because... The things I liked about it, I don't really have anything interesting to say about the things I liked about it, other than the plot, which I don't want to go into too much detail on, I think is a, like, the the overall structure of what the plot is makes a lot of sense to release today, and it, it, they've made done a good job of making it a compelling hook for a reason for a sequel. It is a mechanically satisfying sequel that has new environments and new stuff to do. If you are just, if you are craving more Horizon... This is more Horizon and I don't think anything I say either way is going to really do more than saying, did you like the first game? You'll probably like the second. If you didn't like the first, you probably won't like this one not enough has fundamentally changed to really shift the needle on how you're going to feel.
0: I'm looking forward to to playing it. Yeah. Like, I really, really enjoyed the first one. I like Guerrilla as a studio. I'm, you know, well-known as a, a fan of the Killzone games. I'm kind of sad that Horizon is seeming to mean that we won't see one of those for a long time, if ever. And everything you've told me about it sort of privately makes it sound exactly like my thing. Yeah. Except for those, yeah, these points you're bringing up might be nitpicks, but if you're going to nitpick anything this kind of show is the place to do it. I'm not going to have a go at you for nitpicking. Exactly. They're the exact kind of bugbears I have. Like, you're describing the things that really get under my skin personally.
1: A few of the things are just things where it's like, it feels like there are more interesting directions they could have taken some of the things they did. I'm going to talk very vaguely about a relatively early game little thing here. You meet some people at some point who have found some old US military propaganda that is like, hey soldiers doing soldier things. And they've sort of modelled themselves on that. And I'm like, I get what you're going for there, but like, could've made it old superhero films or something. Like there are there are cool, interesting things you could have done where they're just like, like, it feels a little paint by numbers in some places. And there were times where it's really good and there are times where it's like, okay, okay, yeah, 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 what we're doing. It's weird to talk about a game like this. I'm having a good time and I'm like, really want to keep playing.
2: And yet you are mildly disappointed.
1: I'm... I don't even know if I'm... I have a list of... of
2: Grievances?
0: I know the exact kind of game. Just a re- It's regularly irriti- irritating enough that you have to mention it. Yeah. But it doesn't stop you enjoying the overall thing. Yeah.
1: I have a lot of little caveats that I'm probably bringing up here because of the absence of interesting things to say about the positives. I probably would not talk so much about this if the things that it was doing well weren't just us doing the things from the first one well again.
2: Right, which you've already talked about once. Exactly. You've already sort of expressed what you'd have to say about the good stuff, and that only sort of leaves the thing that isn't working.
1: Yeah. So I think it's a good game, and I'm having fun with it, but go in with these little caveats. Huh.
0: It's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Fair enough. I've been enjoying it. I want to go read criticism by people who are not me. There's another one of those where I'm like, I need to go read other people's thoughts on this.
2: I liked the first one a lot in the limited amount of time I played it, but it fell victim to me like so many of these open world games of I open it up and I get overwhelmed because I haven't played it in a week or whatever and that tires me
1: i did want to bring that up and i think i i think this is a good opportunity to do that actually is this suffers from that too Mm -hmm. in that it is a game where much like the first game at every moment i feel like there's a bunch of things that i've missed and that i haven't done and that i'm falling behind on and that i'm supposed to be doing everything at once Mm -hmm. it's a bit overwhelming and i've been with this one mainly just mainlining the story with a few side quests here and there, and I've been having a better time with it, because I know that I had that trouble with the first game. Right. And I've got come into this one with the thought of, look, I know that was a problem for me, I'm going to tell myself I'm going to play this as a fairly linear game. hmm And I'm having a better time for doing that. So yeah, that's Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, what
0: have
2: you both been playing? Well... I have been playing Infernax.
0: <gasps> I played a bit of that because I saw you play it last night on your live stream at that Conrad Zimmerman Twitch TV slash that Conrad Zimmerman.
2: I knew you'd be about this.
0: I'm int- I've played only a tiny bit, but I am. Ooh. I'm interested in what
2: I've played.
1: I'm watching footage of it right now, and this looks real nice.
2: It is real nice. So it is a retro style platformer, uh, in the vein of eight and sixteen bit metroidvanias it doesn't have quite some of the advancements we might see with some later ones but it does have some modern quality of life adjustments and structure
0: seems very heavily based on like the original castlevania in terms of look and feel like the the very 8-bit
2: i have been saying this whole time that this is the simon's quest that you know would have been perfect Mm. right right there is uh, again there's some some modernization of things that never would have been considered in in those days in terms of like how movement mechanics function and so forth but it is remarkably castlevania the music is so perfect the visuals are low res sprites but they do so much with them to to yes. make just unsettling creepy animations and characters if you like pulsing buttholes (laughs) boy do i like if you think what castlevania was missing was pulsating buttholes i've got some news for you and you know me i'm all about the full butthole that's well that's when i knew that this game was going to resonate with you when i saw my first butthole (laughs) and we all remember our first butthole so there there the story has you returning from some crusade to the Holy Land and coming back to find that it's very Dante's Inferno actually in its in its story.
0: Yeah, now that you mention it from what I've seen, yes,
2: <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how I feel entirely about that, particularly because there's also a morality system at play in this game.
1: I'm watching some gameplay of this, and I just watched a man who I think was turning into a zombie go, help me, and the, <laughs> one of the options was to slay him, and a mace was smushed in his face, and his face caved in very gruesomely.
0: And it's really smushy. It's
2: really smushy.
0: The artwork is just, like, like exquisite levels of gore.
1: It goes from, like, real low detail to suddenly, like, oh, all the details here,
2: <sighs> And I think now, and this this is a... um. Maybe a thing to bring up, I guess, because I've done – I've I've been playing – I'm pretty far in now. I think I'm maybe three quarters of the way through the game. And uh, there are a lot of little side quests and so forth. And I mentioned the morality system. Um, There, I believe, are extreme good and bad endings depending on what you go down. And this moment that you were just describing happens – very 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 early in the game mm. and the decision that you make here i think might close you off from the high moral good ending if you choose wrong
1: yeah no I'm, I'm gonna be honest it it seemed like a very you are there is no walking back from this as
0: a moral choice it's such an extreme way to start
2: your choices just yes.
0: yeah it, it's a hell of a
2: thing and there's several more of these and there's uh, a little there's a group of cultists that run through as sort of the bad guys, um, and you can work with them. You can fuck up the lives of these villagers that you ostensibly rule over if you want to, or, you know, there's a, other choices that sort of keep them alive, but there's consequences for going either way. You'll get cut off from access to uh, shops in certain places that are used to refill your potions and things like that. But it. It's not hugely detrimental to go one way or the other. Uh, The map layout is very good in that right around the point, it would start to be super tedious to travel the routes to get back to where you might need to go. It will open up for you a much more direct path that still takes you through stages. And there is a fast travel um, that I just got access to now
0: that's what i was thinking almost
2: immediately because movement
0: is quite quite slow because it's got that sort of eight bit
2: yeah era
0: castlevania feel i was like god i hope there's fast travel because i'm already (laughs) wanting a way to
2: speed this up
1: i'm happy to hear that they've they've kept that in mind
2: yes yes they have and so that all works really well and it comes in at a point uh, appropriate times uh, as you go along, you get some movement-based abilities. And these are kind of interesting in that they serve a lot of the same functions that we're used to, like a double jump or uh, – there's an I, I assume there's an air dash that I haven't gotten yet because that would be the only – well, not the only explanation, but a, a pretty good one for what I'm seeing around here. And they're executed with directional and attack. So – To do the up jump, you just hold up and attack and you can do it while in air or you can, you know, do it from the ground. The down strike, which I may even just be an optional pickup, like there's a side quest mini boss and the boss is really cool to, you know, it's a really good boss, so I'm glad I did it anyway. Um, But the down strike, you have to jump in the air and then tap down once and then tap, down again in attack. No. And it's a little unwieldy. No,
0: Conrad, I don't want to do it. Don't make me do that, Conrad. Why would you even make me do that?
2: Well, because you wouldn't want to accidentally do it over a gap. Yeah. And so I can see why it's that way, but it does feel a little fiddly and weird and really leads me to forget that I even have it in the arsenal. Right. Mm. And it's that's kind of a shame because the way the downward downwards, you go straight down and then it sends out a little bit of wave of damage to both sides of where you land, and it's pretty, pretty effective. Um, over time, you'll also get some spells mostly functioning for healing, but uh, one really useful one that you get along with the uh, fast travel spell is the one that switches from day to night, because just like Simon's quest, this has a day-night cycle Uh, involved in it certain quests are only available either during the day or during the night Um, just as you might expect at night you have the emergence of some new enemy types and enemies that you were already populating the areas might require more damage to kill it's really really good and i've read a couple of reviews talking about how difficult it is in the context of the games it is trying to emulate i don't think so I think it's very reasonable and fair. I actually saw one website comparing it to Ninja Gaiden and had to laugh a little bit inside. Because this is nowhere near the difficulty of a Ninja Gaiden. The comparison that you could make to Ninja Gaiden is that you've got good aerial control. They do not jump like a Belmont. But other than that...
0: That was the first thing I thought when I was playing the game. I was like, at least the character doesn't jump like a Belmont. Mm Mm-hmm. The Belmont jump is one of the worst jumps ever in the history of anything that's ever jumped.
2: Yeah, I mean, along with uh, Arthur in in Ghouls and Ghosts, but that at least, well, I mean, in both cases, it feels like a very deliberate design decision to make the platforming work a certain way, but I don't like it. It frustrates me. And I'm glad we've largely moved past this. And, and this doesn't have that kind of jump. It moves very well. The hit boxes are very good because you do have a very limited range weapon in a mace. Um, and that all plays very well. Very quickly, you get the ability to reflect most projectiles back to enemies. Oh. And you also start with a shield. That allows you to block most early projectiles as long as you're not in the process of making a swing. So there's there's a lot here and it works really well. Uh it's very accessible. It it makes you feel like okay, I'm not have I'm not burdened by having to wait for day to rise again to get out of this mess uh because you get that access to that spell so fast. Like I got that spell, I think within my first shift from day to night. It's a pretty generous amount of time that it gives you. Uh, the level design is very, very good in the individual stages. The map design is good at parceling off those areas like a Metroidvania and not making it feel like a burden to return to them, making you curious to return to them in a lot of cases to see what might be back there. And the the visual, I mean, I can't, it's just, it's so lusciously gory throughout. Every enemy that you kill just splatters blood on you. Uh, if very quickly, there's actually that first decision if you go the way that leads to one thing it involves. Or no, 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 no. It's the first boss of the game. The first actual boss of the game you have to fight uh, basically vomits the contents of its stomach onto you after the end of the battle. And it's glorious. If you, if you like some gross pixel shit, and a good Castlevania, you will not be happier than with Infernax. It's it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Yeah, it looks good. It's real good. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Steph? Well, the thing is, right? Mm-hmm. Is even though I think it trends that we would follow a poo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There have been times where I've gone for a way, right, and then finished. And then a Apu ambushes and is like, wait a minute, Steph, you're not done here. Right, yeah. It's my time to shine. And then I'm like, mate, like literally a minute ago, a minute ago, we could have bagged and tagged this. M- I've got to pull Minikas down again. Anyway. What video games have you been playing? I've been, <laughs> I've been playing a game called Dreamscaper. Tell us
1: about that. What's that?
0: It is a game... uh, It hit Game Pass recently. Justin recommended it to me. I've been playing it. I like it. I think both of you might be interested in checking it out. It's another roguelike kind of thing, sort of action RPG roguelike deal. Uh, It's split into two halves, and there's kind of a Hades vibe to to this split. I'm out. Well, (laughs) it's... Basically, it's one half of the game is... You are engaging in very straightforward roguelike stuff, um, you know, maps that are separated into rooms, um, where you lots of different weapons to pick up and uh, spells. Like you can equip two spells, you can equip a dodge a shield and um, a weapon and there are a huge variety of weapons such as like spinny yo-yo ones or boxing gloves or like wolf heads that come out of your hands big axe big sword stuff like that the spells are really varied and unique like one that creates a giant frying pan that just sort of does an area of effect uh, flame attack or big wet whirlwinds and freeze attacks and big shadowy hands all sorts of stuff
2: I had seen this and yeah. and just hadn't gotten I think around to it yet. Mm-hmm. But this is a uh, like uh it's got a sort of you're, you're the levels that are actiony, you're in your dreams at night and then in yes. between runs there's mm. a, the daytime interacting with characters yeah. advancing the story thing, right?
0: Yeah, the action sequences are in your dreams and the The layouts of the the maps are kind of cool in that regard. Like, they're environments that are sort of based on uh, memories, as far as I can tell. So, like, the first level is sort of this little town. The second level is um, more of a cityscape. And the third one, which is as far as I've got so far, is like a camping site kind of um, area. And they're all kind of ethereal and quite, like, not quite... Um, right, and the enemies are sort of these shadowy figures and stuff. And it's really cool and really varied, and the gameplay is... it's got a nice flow to it. It took me a while to get used to it, because rather than just keep hitting the attack button, it's one of those games where you... if you hit within a certain rhythm... Uh, you can make your attacks more powerful. So you launch one attack, then the character flashes for a moment, and if you hit during that flash, the next attack is more powerful. And each weapon has a slightly different timing on that, so it takes some getting used to. And I didn't like it at first, because I'm like, this is just too much pressure, I want to brainlessly button mash, which you can do, you just won't be as effective. But with practice and with some upgrades that uh, expand the window... I've been getting on with it, and it's actually become really satisfying. It's very responsive. The controls um, for attacking, dodging, blocking, parrying, like, it all works really well. So, yeah, as a roguelike, it's it's rock solid. Uh, Looks nice, very sort of visually distinct. Plays just really intuitively and um, uh, satisfactorily. And, yeah, as you say, in between, like, when you die, when you end a run, your main character, Cassidy, wakes up, and then you have this little sort of slice of life kind of thing there are various locations you can fast travel to uh, when you're awake like a cafe and a record shop and the park and each one is where you go to upgrade a certain thing so like with any roguelike when you're in the level anything you collect you more or less lose but you can acquire various different upgrade points which you then carry over into the waking world you go to different areas and then that's where you build sort of lasting upgrades, like um you go and daydream in the bar, I think. And that's where you can do things like increase your health or your um, mana meter and stuff like that. Um, you go to um, wherever it is you go with your little sketchbook and you open up the sketchbook and there are little drawings of things you've unlocked during a run and if you spend points, you can then doodle that in, and then that will be unlocked for future runs and stuff like that. At these locations are different NPCs, and you can craft gifts um, when you're awake and give them to them and engage in different sort of... um like just cute little dialogues with them. Uh, and that's that's where I compare it to Hades because there's these little friendship sort of meters you build with them. Mm. And that informs the gameplay as well because as you build, each NPC boosts a certain stat, raises a certain sort of combat effectiveness of your character, and you can equip one of those. So if you want to skip all of this, you can. Like just pick a character whose upgrade you want and just focus on building rapport with them but the the dialogue's kind of neat it's very mundane but it's like enjoyably mundane it's just this character talking about people's lives in this like town you know there's a history teacher who's talking about like their interests in in academia and people there's a record shop owner who is sort of a little bit gatekeepy and is like come back and talk to me more when you can tell me your favourite math rock and stuff like that. Like, it's all kind of banal, but charmingly so. And and it's, it's nowhere near as, as in-depth as something like Hades. Mm-hmm. And it's all very functional when you end a run because you are upgrading and stuff. The loop can, like, it's because it lacks that immediacy of like something like The Binding of Isaac with just getting back into a run. And it's not quite as story-driven as something like Hades. I'm finding it... Where Conrad may actually find it less tiresome than Hades, I'm Mm. finding it maybe a little bit more tedious at times. Mm. But I am still going back to it. I just can't keep playing it over and over and over again in a long chunk. I just play like a couple runs and then come back to it. But every time I play it I am really enjoying it, and that's about it that's that's dreamscaper i I think I, because you know it's one of them things it's on game pass there's no financial buy-in if you've already got it I think both of you it may be worth checking out for both of you I'm certainly enjoying it the bosses are really neat
1: I'm definitely intrigued enough to check it out
2: yeah I'll install that
1: yeah I could go either way on the the stuff you're describing outside of combat and how that works, and I'm going to have to try it to know, I think. Yeah. But it it sounds intriguing, and I, I will give it a try. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There you go.
1: Only other thing I've been playing this week is Pokemon.
0: Yeah? Same. That old Legends of that old Arceus. Yes? Yeah. All yeah. Right.
1: So I'm real deep down that rabbit hole. I have gotten every Pokemon in the game up to research rank 10. <gasps> what? Fucking hell. Sorry, I just—it must have taken a long time. Oh, no, no, no. It's taken a long time. I've put way too many uh... hours into this video game. But now I've started back around from the beginning, getting perfect entries on, on more of the deck stuff. I did a lot of that the first time through, but I'm going back around perfecting deck entries, and I still really like the gameplay loop of this game.
2: It's very satisfying.
1: It's very satisfying. Yeah. I'm very, very happy with this game. I don't remember the last time I put this many hours in this condensed amount of time yeah. into a Pokemon, even as someone who loves this series.
2: For me, it has settled into a routine of when I go to bed at night, I just grab the Switch, and I might spend 20 minutes running around catching Pokemon. But I that that's fine. Yeah. If that's all I do in a day, I'm enjoying that and I feel like I'm still making some kind of progress and it's not dull, it's it's just relaxing.
0: Yeah. Like, i got no problem just sort of scurrying about picking up satchels.
2: hmm Yeah.
0: And then, you know, there will be some other stuff that happens along the way. It's just that's a good sort of conceit to get into a map and then just see what turns up. Yeah,
1: like, I've, I've been doing a lot of, like, go do a run collecting resources and pick up satchels. If you see something interesting, go follow it. While you're there, maybe uh, one of those time distortions will show up, in which case, cool, great, I wonder what I'll find. And trying to remember every now and then to go, oh yeah, what do I, I I just passed a bunch of this Pokemon I don't usually interact with, what's their deal, what can I do with them? And like, there are Pokemon that like, right from the start of the game, I've been coming back past in the late game going, oh yeah, I never got around to feeding them berries. I should probably do that. And there's always, it, it feels like there's always something to be doing and I'm really digging it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Like I've still been playing it as well, like in and out and it's such an easy game to stream. That's what I love about it. Like it is. You just turn it on and wander about like, that's it. You just wander about, you throw pokeballs at things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I've got a shiny purple kitty cat like your one now, Steph. You got a cat? You got a kitty cat, a glam meow, 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 meow.
1: Yeah, got the shiny glam meow. Got it on the train up, to, up when I saw you at the weekend. All right.
0: shiny glam meow sisters.
1: Yeah. Ah. Uh, again, nothing more to add on that other than Pokemon continues to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Either of you played anything else? Nope. No.
2: Nope.
0: But I played some else. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what you played? It's time for Stephanie's Vita Corner. Oh, I was around for the start of this story. Oh, me constantly trying to fucking get some fucking funds on the PS Vita. Trying to get some Vita funds. I can't <laughs> directly add funds on the PS Vita because it keeps telling me the login credentials are wrong, even though it's not. I think it's just something to do with the fact that the PS Vita is old and the online infrastructure is fucked. So I've been trying to put funds on it. I was having success with just like going online and putting in funds and then that being that. Yeah. But it kept. Giving me an error, it won't work anymore. I can't put funds just online via the PlayStation Store. But
1: we were in we were in a shop and there
0: was those PSN cards and you were like, oh yeah. But we were in a shop and there were PlayStation Store cards and I'm like, well, you know, I'll grab a couple of them so I can just like play the God of War PS Vita collection, right? <laughs> and I went there, went bought them at the the um, Tesco's, right? Every little helps yeah. and took them back. Uh, scratched off the code at the back, right, with a key, because I didn't have a coin yeah. handy, but I did have a key. S- put the code in beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, yeah, I'm in England now. Yep. Shit.
1: The, the Vita is region free, but your account is not.
0: Yeah. My account is not. So yeah. I've got some codes if you want them, Laura. I guess
1: they're fuck all of use to me. I mean, as I said, I'm going to try and sort you, see if there's a way to get you to be able to use them, but otherwise I will just use them for something. But uh yeah,
0: that'd be good if you could sort that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remembered after days of this, Oh, wait a minute. Amazon does them. Ah. I could just get a code emailed to me. Oh, no. Mwomp, mwomp. I tell you what, if I didn't have a little tiny ceramic toucan with lip balm inside it right now, I'd be really upset. But I do, so I'm not. I'm glad for you. Right? In conclusion, God of War on PS Vita is God of War. Yeah, yeah. I just been playing the the God of War PS Vita collection because last week, you know, during uh, the PS Vita special, the annual PS Vita special, right? Annual, more like weekly. The weekly PS, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, the weekly PS Vita special, right? Uh, I played the, the Ghost of Sparta or chains of Olympus, one of those two, the PS, one of the PSP ones, and I was like, I want more God of War. And the PS Vita um, versions of God of War and God of War 2 were there, and they play really well. Yeah. Fuck the platforming in the first God of War. Just fuck it. Just fuck it. It's awful. Camera angles are awful. The physics are terrible. Just just clips right off of the beam that is balancing on, and I haven't even gotten to the Hades level yet. Yeah. But I remember how legendarily shit that bit was. Um, other than that, like, it's it's... It is interesting how well that holds up as an action game, combat-wise. It's, it's just simple, straightforward. And for an action game like that, it it's always interesting to me how indirect Kratos' attacks are, because he's this big, burly, muscly man. But he's actually got this really elegant fighting style with these sort of blades on the end of the chains mm. that covers a ton of distance. So he doesn't even get that, like, thick into the action unless he goes in for a grab. It's always interested me that, like, for what the character is and what the series is, the attacks are really sort of elegant. Yeah. Elegant, pragmatic, and distant. It's it's an interesting juxtaposition. But yeah, it still plays really well. And it's one of those ones where the um, shoehorned PS Vita controls aren't so bad, because it's just like, tap the back of the Vita to open a chest, and I'm like, that's all right. That's fine. It's simple enough. Um, and that's about it. That's, I've been playing little snatches of other things like skull uh, with one L, um, which is sort of a side scrolling roguelike, but I'm going to play a bit more of that before I come back to it and talk more about it. Um, so that's it really for me on games. And that has yeah. been Stephanie's feet, a cor- where's the, bro- right Stephanie's feet a corner. <coughs> Thank you. Bow for the audience. Bow. <laughs> Bow. Shall we do, we got
1: news? Yeah, should we talk about some news? We have got some news. Yeah, so we didn't talk about this last week. Microsoft is apparently watching Activision Blizzard King executives and their handling of the uh, ongoing harassment stuff to see who to get rid of or keep post acquisition.
0: Kotick, get rid of Bobby Kotick,
2: the ringleader of the abuse. Uh, I, I I guess I guess my why is this news? <laughs> 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 because uh, yeah. Well, see,
1: look, I. I brought this up because I think the fact that Microsoft went out of their way to tell a mainstream non-gaming publication about this, I think is the more interesting part of the story, because to me, this is part of the attempt to preemptively clean up the image of ABK before the merger goes through.
2: Oh, sure. Because I
1: feel like part of this is, the, the implication there is, anyone we keep on is a good person we're we we we're watching, we're going to get rid of the bad one, so anyone we do keep on after the acquisition, you know that they're a good one. That feels like it's what uh, Microsoft President Brad Smith is getting at when he says that to CNBC.
2: Well, they're, yeah, they want to soothe investor concerns about, you know, Microsoft taking on this company that has this well-established track record of problems. And yeah, I mean... I suppose I, I, it, it's, it feels like one of those things that you shouldn't have to say, but mm. but here we are. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna fire the salters.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I, we we could go through like in detail, but basically, it's a promise of scrutiny that we'll see if it amounts to anything. I'm not going to give it praise until we see a bunch of firings of people who didn't handle this well, which is everyone at the executive level, it seems.
0: So yeah, Roblox is in the news again. Is it still an awful, awful scam that preys on children? Uh, Yeah, it is. Oh. Uh,
2: But at least least Roblox is in the news. It's not just in gaming press or circulating around YouTube channels.
1: Yeah, well, this time, yeah, it's not about the, uh, the 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 financial stuff. Um, it's hit mainstream news because an investigation has shown that Roblox has a really big problem with sexually explicit games showing up repeatedly on its uh, child-focused platform.
2: Oh, so we can have a moral outrage about uh, exposing children to sex, but we can't have a moral outrage about child labor. Got it?
1: Indeed, exactly. But yes, there have been a lot of high profile environments of um, sex content in this game for children, but also probably more concerningly, children being deliberately led toward that content, which is a big problem that Roblox um, seems unwilling or unable to deal with. And that is a problem. Burn it to the ground, I think. Mm -hmm. I was going to say at this point, before this point, it needed burning to the ground already. Burn it even further to the ground.
2: Yeah. How quickly can we burn this to the ground? That's that's what we're looking at.
1: Yeah. So we've got some updates on some of the, the worker treatment stories in the games industry that have been going on. First, we got an update from a better Ubisoft.
2: About how they didn't get an update from Ubisoft, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's now been over 200 days since their open letter demanding change, and they have released a statement saying that their demands still have not been met. And this is to remind people... Like, like it, it, there's... I feel like it's important to remind people listening, this has not gone away. Multiple employees have rallied together to form the Better Ubisoft Group, uh, which has been campaigning for better working conditions since the company was hit with allegations of a toxic work environment, sexual harassment, etc.
2: Now, hang on, hang on. Now, real quick, did we lose Steph? Because they have not yet said anything along the lines about ubisoft being a notoriously abusive uh vatican of the games industry and that i mean i don't mind fulfilling that obligation but i I feel like we may have lost them on the line
0: It's interesting you brought that up, Conrad, because I was lost in thought, just uh, musing on the fact that Ubisoft is the Vatican of the video game industry that employed, protected, promoted and moved around sexual and uh, other forms of abusers for years, if not decades, while CEO Yves Guimot. I was the one that got that name wrong for years. Just befriended them and looked after them and literally didn't give a shit so long as games like Assassin's Creed continued to make money. Is that the sort of thing you thought I was- Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Why don't we have a better Ubisoft? Oh wait, because the company's been taught through uh, market trends and community apathy yeah. that they don't have to change.
1: Yeah, so I'll read a bit more of the story. Following a vow from Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot stating that he would do everything in his power to ensure that everyone feels welcome, respected, and safe, the group says it is still waiting to see changes happen. Uh, I'll read a bit from their statement. A few days ago, uh, Anika Grant, Ubisoft's chief people officer, released an internal video pitched as presenting employees with the results of this year's Global Employee Satisfaction Survey. This survey had over 40 questions, with room for comments under each. In the video, Anika stressed that one of the main areas for concern from the survey was the desire for more transparency and accountability from management. However, at 8 minutes long this video was not only very brief, but incredibly opaque, with the entire survey summarised as 6 talking points, 3 positive and 3 negative. Released on a Friday via email, with no accompanying post that would have alerted employees to it, this not only made it hard to find, but made it hard to comment and discuss our concerns. With the exception of participation and engagement scores, the talking points were delivered with no numbers. Instead, there were vague statements like, you told us, or we heard from you. This gives employees no way of knowing whether the statement, you have managers who are approachable and supportive, means that 95% fall this way, or 51%, starkly different inco- outcomes. In an email on the 14th of December, Anika said that 71% of employees feel comfortable being ourselves at work what wasn't acknowledged was how many feel we have to hide our true selves for fear of judgment or reprobation from peers or managers. Concluding the presentation, Anika asserted that the data analysis is far from done, but she's going to really dig in to understand feedback from minority and underrepresented voices. However, this survey collected no global data to dig into deeper than age and, and binary gender. We're aware of work being done to address this, but yeah, they they basically go... They've done a big employee survey and anonymized the hell out of it and being no trans- had no transparency, claimed they're going to reach out to groups that they didn't select for when taking the feedback. And as they point out, they haven't stopped promoting or moving known abusers from studio to studio with no repercussions. They haven't provided a collective seat at the table. They haven't uh, worked towards cross-industry collaboration or involving employees in non-management positions and union representatives yeah and like we need to like like
0: keep like i know we talk about it all the time and i've had many people on twitter and stuff you know tell me to stop and this is why you're losing subscribers and all this shit but it's like like it's never not astoundingly disgustingly remarkable that Ubisoft has done less than nothing in response to this. Yeah, that it has been able to so confidently ignore its own employees, who have been pushing this for years. It's years now. It's years since the first allegations.
1: Like the the reason why I read through so much of that that of of that response was because it's just such a vapid nothing, like non acknowledgement, like not even a token. We've heard you and your concerns and we'll work on them eventually in the future. Like, it's just a no-sell. Yeah. There is nothing happening internally to fix things.
0: They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They're not even pretending to care. It's
2: just obscene.
1: Yeah. Did we mention last week that Team 17 had had a
2: report of bad working conditions? I don't think we did. I think it might have dropped on us after recording or
0: yeah i offhandedly mentioned it in jimquisition this past week but yeah yeah so the the short version of that story that dropped i think around the time we
1: recorded last week was that there was a report that more than a dozen team 17 staff both past and present came forward to talk about problems with pay working conditions and more basically overworked underpaid pay disparities across gender lines bad shit going on and this has apparently been a problem for a long time but the nft stuff pushed people over the edge to go okay let's talk about problems with uh, with team 17. so we've had a response from team 17 ceo michael patterson michael patterson told employees that action has been taken following the report from last week there's a big company-wide meeting in which he gave a lengthy response and announced an immediate pay review for staff in the company's QA department. Because, again,
0: it's QA. QA always end up on the fucking bad end of the stick. They're, QA are in the trenches, and, and that's where the shit trickles.
1: Yeah, the, 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 the summary of the meeting is Team 17 are very sorry we did NFTs and didn't tell you we did NFTs and we're very sorry about the NFTs, and... We're very sorry we hear you about the NFTs. They've said a lot of stuff that's, like, very fluff, hand-wavy. That's all these statements end up being. Oh, we're going to take a long, hard look at ourselves and what we want our culture to be and how we build forward. And lots of excusing their poor pay with, like, oh, Team 17's aim is to pay people what's in line with the market rate. And we've done benchmark studies and, like,
0: a lot of this is why we pay you that Like that's so much cowardly shit Like it's it's always that the market rate Is like it's just the financial equivalent Of well everyone else is doing it Yeah That doesn't make it okay Capitalism is what everyone else is doing And that's fucked up Yeah So for
1: reference People in QA were getting an annual salary Of £16,000 a year Fucking hell That is I I do not believe that is a That is a full-time minimum wage On bonuses, staff were told that these have always been discretionary and that lifestyles therefore have to be balanced against this fact. There was a lot of complaints that apparently uh, bonuses were predicated on will you do all of the infinite voluntary crunch? And they're like, we'll be better, we'll be better. It feels really flimsy, this response.
0: Yeah, because it is. Yeah, because it is because these companies have nothing. They they have nothing in their pocket except we've taken steps. That's all they ever say. We've taken steps. They won't tell you what the steps are because they didn't fucking take any. Yeah. Um. We'll end up on on the issue of sexual harassment.
1: Patterson said the studio had a zero tolerance policy to any cases of this nature and wanted to improve any difficulties staff re- uh, faced raising issues with managers or the company's HR department. Not not saying what, but just we need to create a safe place where people can bring things to our attention. Yes, you do. What are you going to do to do that? He's just... Patcheson's like, we're going to pull things around. No real how they're going to pull things around. Just yep, that's bad. We will fix it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm tired.
0: It's exhausting and tiring.
1: Don't worry. I've got some, I've got some fun stories we can put at the end. I got one one last like Ubisoft one, if you're up for it.
2: Mm, okay.
1: So, Ubisoft staff are continuing to push back against Ubisoft being involved in NFT and blockchain shit. There is a lot of internal pushback, apparently, according to a uh, Bloomberg report. The short version is that Ubisoft, on an internal forum, put up a statement being like, oh, hey, here's what we're doing with blockchain technology, trying to communicate what they were doing going forward and the internal staff post has received hundreds of negative comments on the idea in general i'm gonna read some of them because they're great you know what else makes a lot of money making fun spectacular groundbreaking blockbusters why don't we focus on that instead oh yeah lots of like hey can we just make games and not sell fucking ponzi scheme shit
2: that'd be nice wouldn't it yeah
1: there's there's a lot of this stuff and ubisoft's being like, oh, we've seen positive and negative feedback, blah, blah, blah. What they're more concerned about is sharing confidential information from our work forums is a violation of our employment agreement and a violation of the trust that team members place in each other to freely express themselves, blah, blah, blah. And we're not going to comment on this. Ubisoft is more upset that someone shared this to the public that this was happening than they are about their staff's problems
0: with NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because public perception is what keeps allowing them to get away with what they've been getting away with. Because nobody caring is how they've been able to fly all of their abuse and harassment and, and bigotry onto the fucking radar. The only consistent sin you could commit at Ubisoft is to tell.
1: Yeah, they just don't care. Just don't care. I've got a thing we can end on that's kind of nice. Something
0: nice would be nice, yeah.
1: Did either of you see Kirby eat a car? Kirby ate a fucking car.
2: Kirby gummed a car. <laughs>
0: Kirby tried to eat a car and didn't succeed. I love it. Kirby's going fucking ham. hmm And I'm all about it. The, the way I
1: put this in our little topic list was Kirby swallows a car and the internet is split between gross and... And, yeah, that's my fetish. <laughs> it's a very polarizing attempt to eat a car. Mm-hmm. For anyone who didn't see, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, it, it got shown in a Nintendo Direct last week. There's a thing called Mouthful Mode. <laughs> you know how Kirby absorbs stuff and like will swallow it and get the powers? What if it was too big for Kirby to swallow and now Kirby is just wrapped around an object? Yeah. Yep. And... I flip flop between this is terrifying and I love it. I want all video game characters Nintendo makes now. Near- I want all Nintendo games to have mouthful mode. I want to play Metroid with mouthful mode. Give me, give me Breath of the Wild too, mouthful mode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: there's a lot of very good fan art of it. I think my favourite might be someone photoshopped it into Mario Kart uh, on the ca- on the vehicle select screen, which is good. Kirby can just suck up a bunch of water Kirby can become the... <laughs> I love the way you said that. <laughs> I'm just the one that gets me is Kirby can swallow a cone and look like the v l. c media player logo <laughs> yeah
0: i i i'm i I've been very careful with games, video games to not like express hype anymore and excitement. But I'm well known as a fan of the Kirby games, and this just looks great. Yep, I'm looking forward to seeing if it's great. I, it looks great.
1: I, Kirby swallows a light bulb. You're not meant to do that. <laughs> That's right. You're not. You're not. No. Did you, I don't know if people knew. If you put a light bulb, don't try this. If you put a light bulb in your mouth, you can get it in there, but it won't come out because of science. Kirby eats a light bulb.
0: How are you going to get that out, Kirby? Oh, Kirby! What are we going to do oh. with you? I think that's. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we're done. You did it. That's it. I think we did it. Yeah. All right. Well, Laura. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Some people like to poo and we at the same time. Oh but hell! But you produce massive amounts of content. <laughs> at the, I mean, it's, some people might. It depends what websites you look at, but. You do books and podcasts and, and, and videos and all sorts of things at the same time. Why don't we like just share that with the listener?
1: Well, you can find all my stuff at Laura K. Buzz, basically everywhere on the internet. The, the main things I've got going on right now, Who Hunts the Whale? It's a book. It's going to be out probably like a year-ish from now. It's about the video game industry and how capitalism's terrible. Go give it a read. Go give it a pre-order. Uh, I've got a children's book as well. It's coming out on August 18th, Me and My Dysphoria Monster. Super proud of that. Very excited for it to come out. Other than that, just K bars everywhere. That's, that's where you find me.
2: What about you, Conrad? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Conrad Zimmerman. You could hang out with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. And you can buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com or audiobooks at conradreads.com. Or hear me on other podcasts, like uh, let's talk about snacks, and spinoff Doctors coming back in February. Woo! And everything I do online gets supported through Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Fist Shark. <laughs> and you know who else has a Patreon? James Stephanie Sterling. <gasps>
0: Hello, it's me. Uh, my Patreon is at uh, patreon.com slash Jimquisition. I also stream on Twitch TV, Twitch TV slash Jim Sterling. I am also now the um, Newcastle's top baby face, a regular fixture at North Wrestling. The next event is uh, Let the Cannons Fly 3, and that is March 26th in newcastle at the anarchy brew company uh tickets available still they're going ridiculously fast but they're still available currently at northwrestling.co.uk the commander will be in attendance and hopefully i'll see some of you there and until then we will definitely see all of you next week have a good one thank you for listening and supporting bye 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 There we are that's a podcast we've done one we just done one like we were just like want to do a podcast we just did it